Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm an interviewer, author, journalist, and broadcaster. And what you're about to hear is one of the 1,400 interviews I did over a 30-year period for nearly all major media outlets in Ireland. But please allow for the fact that many of the interviews were done for the print media and recorded on cassette tape. So some are, let's say, sonically challenged. But sonic consideration should give way to historical significance, I believe. And I'm glad to say that at least some powers that be in RTE Radio 1 agreed with me on this and broadcast between 2015 and 2018 many of my interviews in a series called The Joe Jackson Tapes Revisited. What follows is a program I was going to broadcast in that series, but never did. Nor did I use in the series my tapes of two major interviews I did with Bob Geldof in 1989 and in 2001. But I do include them in a backstory in my ebook, Bob Geldof, The Joe Jackson Interviews Plus. I've also drawn on both for podcasts about Geldof. In one, he responds angrily to my questions about how, after Paula's death, he depicted her as mutton dressed in lamb, etc., in a song. Bob said, I knew nothing about Paula or their story other than guff, as he puts it, that I read in newspapers. I reminded him that I interviewed Paula in 1993 and was so moved by her death that I asked a magazine editor to allow me to write an obituary and appreciation of the woman. Either way, what follows is the first hour of that chat Paulie Yates and I had in 1993 to coincide with the release of her book, Village People. The article is available on my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. The Bob Geldof ebook is available from Amazon, Apple iBooks, Barnes & Noble. And we have to start off, of course, because you know how this is more than yeah, just music. Let me just music. adjust my trousers into a sort of very... Very effective. Oh, no. No, this was my smart for a woman's way. Oh, was that it? Yeah. That's, that's very effective. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Do they take oh, not shots, not photographs? No, just I don't pictures for anybody. I know, I don't. Fuck you don't? That, no. no, but I can get sent a batch, it's no problem Batches. with me. There's a million thousand pictures of me. Yeah, okay, so the serious political question first about Napoleon's appendage for 200 quid. Hello, isn't that bizarre? <laughs> Is it true? Have you read the actual book or have yes, you I've just read, read the, the book. proofs? I've read the book. The book, the yeah. book, the book. book. Yeah. Oh, um, it's true. That is true. They sold Napoleon's dick at Christie's, South Kent, for 200 quid, and I missed it. And it's like the most awful thing, because even just thinking about it now, it makes me annoyed. Because imagine having that. <laughs> well, why would you have wanted it? I would have loved to have had Napoleon's dick. In any way, shape or form? No, no, no. Shriveled on my coffee table is how I would have liked to have had it. And Don't I, you think that's the most fantastic thing to have? Well, I personally can think of a better kind no, of... No, it's like having Tennyson's Daybed. Yeah. Which also came up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all that sort of... Yeah, I like all that idea of this how has the, been how, touched by Byron. How did his dick come up? If one can use the phrase, you say, for 200 pounds. Because he ha I think that he was... Um, um, I think what happened was, you know, he had that illness where everything was atrophying badly. Oh, right. So I think he basically literally fell apart upon his death. Oh. And his dick right. was made off with. If you had a second choice in Napoleon's, whose would you want? Whose would I want? On my, on my coffee table. Mm. I've got St. Perbold's knee bone. Is that a good compensation? No, Bob tried to make it assuage me. Um, who would I have? I suppose Evelyn Wars would be quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You see something, there's an image in it of the uh, Queen Mother, Queen Mother sounding as though she's talking to her mouth like a hen's bottom. That's not a particularly nice thing to say, is it? 
Walk down well with your neighbours. Why? Will it? What about the Queen Mother? Talking. Sounding as if she's talking. Did I say that? To her mouth like a hen's bottom. Did I actually say that? You did. I quote hmm. your own writing. Gosh, how weird. Um, I obviously wrote that during the early hours of the morning when it was particularly chilly and unpleasant in the porter cabin where I work. And um, n normally I wouldn't say anything about the royal family as I'm such a fervent royalist. Well, that's what one had suspected. So yes, how did that sneak by? Yeah. yeah. How did that sneak by your editor? I don't know how that snuck by. I can't even remember. I'm about the Queen Mother, who yeah, I revere to... above all women. It's going to end up on T-shirts and all that, with your name at the end of it. Oh, don't. She speaks well, that'll be my big quote. You know, I people so. like James Joyce will have really good yeah. ones, and I'll have that. That'll be my fucking line for posterity. Oh, shut up. <laughs> okay, so what, but do you have to, when you're writing it, do you have to worry about your uh, neighbours and Kent and all no, that? No, I How they're going because... to take elements of this book, which are a little bit Are you sure you've read the field? actual book? You've not read the proofs? I read a hardback. Really? How bizarre. Um, no, my neighbours are actually really, really, really sweet. They're all quite old, but they're really, really... Here's the weird drink. Thank you very much. No, um, <laughs> my neighbours are all quite old and they're um, really, really nice and they're not pissed off at all and all that tabloid crap is basically what it is, tabloid Which crap. Which tabloid crap is Oh, the endless stuff, you know, that the neighbours are angry or... Is that what they're saying now, but not about the book? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. They keep right. saying the neighbours are angry about the book, which they're not. Okay. They, all, they all, in fact, rang me up and said they wept with laughter. What are they supposed to be angry at? The depictions of them? No, no, because they're not, you know, it's not real and they can tell it's not real. They all had advanced copies. No, they're meant to be angry that it's going to be like Toujours Provence because our local Sainsbury's ordered 40 extra cheese baps to cope with the media interest. All right. And so they're meant to be up in arms because of these 40 extra cheese baps. Only in England could you have a story about Sainsbury's having 40 extra cheese baps to cope with media interest. Right. But surely they would see you as a bit of an iconoclastic woman, you know, a bit of a kind of strange bird anyway. No, they're very used what? to me after 11 years, so it doesn't really enter into it. It doesn't? No, it, oddly, I mean, it truly doesn't. I'm not just saying that in the hay. I'm so normal when I'm at home. But their children but play they... with my children, and it's just that that leveler of yes, we're we're just neighbours. But it couldn't have always been like that. When you first went down there at the heat of all those tabloid stories and your your father's the stories about your father and Bob and you, I mean, surely they must have treated you as kind of what, freaks week? from the city. No, eleven years ago. Eleven years ago. When you first went down. About my father, then. Well, were they not like no, in the early eighties? Twenty years 80s? ago, there were stories about my father. Eleven years ago, there weren't really stories about. Well, about about yourself and Bob. No, so they open their arms and embrace. Yeah, hey, I, I know it's strange. Not, it's not. Um, it's what one not would expect? What, what you'd expect, no, but they did, and it's been completely heavenly. heavenly. It really has been. But this book isn't exactly a heavenly depiction. I mean, it's kind of it's it subversive. Kind of oh, well, it is in a way, but I mean, there's a lot of piss taken there. Whether it's because I can't help us. <laughs> right. I just can't. <laughs> so I can't help it. <laughs> So what's the mix? Beatrix Potter on acid meets Jilly Cooper? And no, 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 it's not Jilly Cooper at all. There's no sex, there's no shopping, there's no modern hey, life. Hey, hey, somebody jumps on the back of a plumber and I frenziedly... Is, Please, was that another so one of these morning ones? It's so ridiculous. How could anyone take that seriously as sex? It's not sex. It's just it's molestation. It's ridiculous. It's, um, Is it true? Or was it yeah, you? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it My was you? My friend did do that. No, it wasn't me. I've always lived with Bob, but it was true. Um, what am I trying to say to you? Uh, but, but, but that could be a shocking image to some of your neighbours, oh, this poor plumber. No, because it's also funny. So light. Yeah. What is it? It's it's like um, 
It's not like Julie Cooper, and it's not like anyone recent. It's meant to be like a book that was written in 1942. Which ones? Which is what? I don't know. If I was really, really... Oh, like a book, if like it was written book, at that point, yes. not a specific uh, title. As if it had been, been written sort of between the wars, where people wore tweed skirts, and, you know. With all the modern kind of additions, such as clouds that look like Elvis, and Bob Dylan red yeah. cords, and... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because there has to be, because it, it isn't written between the wars. I would love it to have been written between the wars rather than in a porter cabin in 1993. But, right. but certainly my role model for the book was absolutely those country books that are like set pieces, like the Country House murder books. I like the idea of it being such a set piece where there are certain characters and certain scenes that have to appear. Right, right. So, yeah, well... And I mean, it's subversive only it, in the sense that everything that I've written has to have some form of subtext simply because that's how it ends up. So when I did the baby book, it certainly had a subtext to it that annoyed the arse of half the population. Which was? Because it was basically a polemic about whether one should leave one's children when sure. they're young. Right, That right. was essentially what it was, but it was very frothy and most of the book was funny. The response to it wasn't frothy, particularly frothy. No, it wasn't particularly frothy, feminists. but it was interesting. No, I don't think it was feminist. I don't think that's right. Feminist, the feminist response wasn't The feminist anti. Re response was incredibly good to that book because I suppose in a funny sort of way that book was a culmination of the 20 or 30 years of feminism where we worked from the position my mother would have been at which was feminism where you did whatever you could just for yourself and hopefully everyone was happy because you were so happy. Right. That was probably my mother's feminism right. because she was just struggling to get what she needed. Mm -hmm. And I suppose they were kind of groundbreakers in the 60s. And certainly now I think it's more a questioning thing because it's evolved into a situation where for most people all feminism has done is given them the right to do it all rather than have it all. And I think there's increasing people, amounts of women questioning what actually is having it all. Because it's all this crap you read about in women's magazines that when you've yeah. got it doesn't necessarily make you feel, you know, fulfilled. But a popular reading of what you were saying was that women should go back to the traditional role, be mothers, stay at home, no, raise the children. Whether people only read the controversy and read the yeah, debates read the and the letters. Yeah, they probably read the Daily Mail, you know. What, yeah, by the time it's been filtered down to the Daily Mail, it has is to be black and white. To. Every argument in England now has to be reduced to the Daily Mail's opinion, which is A, it's normally pretty puerile, B, it's sort of like a fascist state where if you say anything about the family, you are dived upon because mm -hmm. you're not allowed to voice any opinion politically correct or non-politically correct. You're just not supposed to say anything. And I think the other problem is that in my position, because I was famous for being quite glamorous, I was in this immediate position where it was me against working women, because I think they love doing that with women. Sure. They like yeah. it to be two camps. Yeah. And B, who does she think she is? She's so rich, she's so privileged. Right. Well, it was also an element of perceived hypocrisy in you saying, being seen not to be if saying, they read the book. Right, but, but, but that's a notion that has passed down and certainly the response among people when I said I was talking to you was find out exactly what she meant on that. You know, you, you're, you are out working, you obviously have nannies, you obviously are up at dawn, so you could hardly be seen as the traditional mother and you never were, really. So that was perceived my position as, in the as... book. My position in the book was absolutely that in a perfect world, nobody would work at all if they... Pro most people would not work at all if they have a child under five, which is actually a pretty small time span in your life. That five years when they're little and they're desperate, you know, for you, and you have to be there. Right. And in a perfect world, somebody like me who pays huge amounts of taxes, I would quite happily have it that those taxes went towards other women 
being put in a better position that if they choose to stay at home with their children, they are able to, rather than have this next generation entirely raised by people paid to do so. I do believe mothering is something you do from your soul rather than being paid. Having said that, I mean, the government does nothing. It could quite easily have tax deductions instead of all the nonsense they talk about, creches. They could easily have tax deductions for men who support a partner at home. Mm -hmm. Quite easily they could do that, whether they're married or not. Right. They could do a million things that they do in other countries, like in America, most large companies have systems whereby once you have a child, you can either give up work for five years if you choose to do so, and you are guaranteed your job back at the end of those five years, or you work flexi-time with another person who has a child. I've always said part-time work is the perfect situation, because in part-time work, you still have your finger in, so you kind of feel like you're, you know, you're not kind of just totally giving up your life. Right. if you choose to do that. And you also are giving your child, you know, children do have some rights. It's not just women who have rights. Mm -hmm. And my position is entirely because I was left as a child all the time. I speak you from experience, alone. yes, I speak from experience of both an absentee parent, a one-parent family, and a mother that left me in order to pursue her career. Right. I so didn't speak from the position of me now. I certainly spoke from the position of me then, which is why I'm so hung up on it. And you wouldn't want what you said to be uh, appropriated by those who see, like Thatcher's Britain, back to Victorian values, Victorian family values. It's nothing and all to that. do with that. But that's how I you don't can see it. it was, I don't see it, it in any, any way about that. What I see it as is it's most women do not have jobs that are this all encompassing gratification, but they do if they have a child. They actually do. That is the job. That's the most. It makes you feel like this wonderful, wonderful thing is happening. But your fucking job down in Sainsbury or, or as secretary doesn't make you feel like that. And yet the media makes out that the gratification and how you justify yourself as a person is what you do for your job. Not the fact that you're a mother or you're nurturing somebody else. But do you also, not agree with me? I do, but I also Therefore, agree. And the book was not about whether women should work was about women wanting to be at home and what one could do, anyone could do, whether the whole thing should be addressed, and it certainly was because of the book, right. of the fact governments could do more right. and employers could do more to make it possible for women to work more part-time, or also, at least flexibly. There also are those women who wouldn't place perhaps as much emphasis on defining themselves through having a child as you and others might. You know, they then might they don't want need to, to have be defined. children. They don't need to have children. It's not, you know, it's not, you don't have to have a baby. But right. if you have a baby, I think most people and I speak from a lot of experience of lots of people with babies that wrote to me, they do want to be with them. It's kind of lucky that nature has constructed it like that, and it seems a pity. How, how did you feel that process? As for people saying I'm a hypocrite, how can they say that? I, you know, I deliberately get up at three in the fucking morning so that my working day is finished at nine o'clock. My money is certainly sure. where my mouth is, and my discipline certainly is. So you know, I have, been tailed, I have been tailed by the sun trying to prove that I, you know, spent four minutes away from my children. That is know, not the point. That is just tabloid shit. And it's the case in any time you express an opinion, whether it's about this or anything, where the tabloids turn it into this kind Producer. of crap. Yeah. Crap, suddenly. That element, how strong an element in moving away from London was that, because uh, I did interview Bob some years ago about the um, times the tabloids pursued you and Fifi down the street and made her fearful of having her photograph taken, mm. if I remember correctly, mm. knocking on the door mm. three times in a row at night. Flat, flat opposite, rented with the camera on us. Oh, right. Yeah. So he was afraid that that would have a long-term effect on Fifi and that it had on you. Did that turn out to be true? I, I talked to him five years ago. I don't know. I think my my children have a healthy kind of dis 
healthy disdain of the papers in that they don't believe anything they read right. and question everything they read. I think that's a good attitude, whether it's about a personality or about a war or about anything. So she is a, a quite grown up, well, she's not grown up, she's 10, she's nearly okay. 11. She certainly questions what she reads, but I don't, that's, that's, but I don't think it's harmed her in other ways. The no. psychological no. Uh, question. She just doesn't like them near her, but then... And yourself? I think anyone who's experienced... No, I... I you, you, you weren't damaged by that kind yes, of pounding? Yes, I loathe. I loathe them. Yeah? Yeah. Continuing to stay in. I loathe... No, not to stay in. I loathe. Continue loathing. Mm. Has it not eased, though, over the years? No. Have they not finally said... No, but I've had it since I was 14. I had it with my father. Uh, you see, my father was kind of destroyed by the news of the world. Was His really life was right. destroyed. Was it? Yes. By the way they broke that story? Yes. By the way they, had, yeah. they went he on He was story. destroyed by it. Destroyed's a big word. No, he was destroyed right. by it. By them he really was. By them going public with it? Well, you, by, I don't know whether you know anything about my father. It. He won the first case ever against the press uh, for persecution. He right. had more column inches than the Vietnamese war in the English papers. Right. Right. It's remarkable for one person to go on a holiday to Gran Canaria and get more column inches than the Vietnamese war. Right. And I think it's a truly English thing. So I had had it from being 14 or 15 years old, that thing where you know what it's like to be truly paranoid. And I don't think it's to do with fame. I think it's to do with anyone who is put under that kind of focus. It's not a thing because I was famous, because he mm. was famous. It's that feeling of everyone has a right to some secrecy, some privacy. Well, you handed then a 14 by them as a result oh, yeah, of that yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They followed you oh, for God, clothes, yes. for pictures you know, and all we, that stuff. I can remember sitting in my bedroom and they were up a ladder pushing pieces of paper through the cracks in the windows. Wanting what? What's Wanting me to paper? talk to them about my father when I was close. 14. So I had been there and... Did you retain a faith in your father? Did you stand by him through that? Or were you shaken by what was exposed? Oh no, I've never ever... Um, I don't read the tabloids and I don't believe what's in them and I would never ever dream of questioning somebody about what was written about them. But at 14 were you that wise to know not to? Yeah. Why you, yeah? Yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not funny. Because well, it's weird. It's yeah, well, a lot of people could find that their belief in the family unit, the father, the mother, whoever, was totally fragmented. No, or something like that happens my at relationship with my parents was totally fragmented then anyway. All right. But I have a, a, um, a real sense of loyalty to people when it is a situation of trauma. Right, particularly induced or accelerated by anything tabloid newspapers and that. I think you feel a great compassion for it. I don't know. No, I, I'm, I'm quite loyal. So maybe that's been helpful. Do you feel you, you and Bob and the children were violated totally through the years by that kind of? I think pressure? that we have. Um, no, because we haven't been. Um, it's not made any difference to me and Bob. Has it? I don't know. I mean, it's not made any difference to me and Bob. Really? Seventeen years later, you know, it's still the strongest unit I've ever come across. The relationship. Mm. The Did strongest thing I've ever come across ever. No matter what, Did no matter what ever happens. But the violation was that it was horrible for him. I think when people, you know, like when they ran the picture when I was pregnant, you know, and all the stuff that's in his biography. Yeah, well, like, a, lot of that is, a lot of that is known in tabloids. A lot of that, I remember feeling disgusted at the music press. I mean, yeah. some of those comments from uh, no, Melody Maker's famous yeah. quotes, one dealt off bastard is enough. enough. Hey, 
photo. When I was very pregnant, and another one did a picture of me, and it was abortion of the year. Oh, I was yeah, very, that very was pregnant. Sounds, yeah. sounds magazine. So, so those things stick out in my mind because they were just so horrible. They go beyond it being, oh, they've said this about me. I know, I know. They became... But what was your response when you read that, or did he tell you there's this headline in a paper, or did you pick it I up or somebody cry, handed it to you? I cry and cry because I was pregnant. You know, people are my first baby, and you, yeah, you know, you're just so vulnerable. But didn't you want to kill somebody? Didn't you want to sue them, fuck them some way, or you know? I mean, surely you wanted to retaliate. No, I've never wanted to. Um, I've never, I, I've never um, had the strength to um, fight back. Really. You seem like a strong woman. Yeah, but I just can't deal with it. I really, you know. Is that just at that point because that attack was so kind of no, unmitigated I, and merciless? Well, I don't know how I'd respond now, you know, because I'm older and, and it's different when you're older. But I certainly think when I was very young, it used to just be so awful. I used to be so wounded by it that I would never have probably had the strength to pursue it. But wasn't it Bob who said at the time if anybody damaged his children, he'd go out and kill them? Find them, track them down. He said that at a, I think it was a press conference about child abuse or something. I don't know. I remember that it was here, and there was a lot of debate over that. Like it's people not saying, the same thing. If a child is abused, you might want to respond that way. I don't know. You'd have to talk to Bob. I don't know. Right, it's not the right. same thing. Right. The ta you know, the minute you let the tabloids become that important, where you feel like that, they're really getting to you. And I'm fucked if they're going to get to me that much. Right, right. But having said that, I don't read it and I don't see it, and I'm very careful never to read them or see them. You could tell me any story of the last five years about anyone, and I probably won't know it. And the same with your children, you keep it away from them? Oh, God, yeah, I think it's contaminating. I think it's contaminating for anyone, regardless of who it's about or what it's about. I don't think their agenda's very hidden anymore. Right. You know, they're all pretty, pretty horrid. Do you see any tabloidization of the quality papers well, in the same way? Well, of course there way? is. It's quite obvious what's happening. Times the Sunday Times is, is no different anymore, except it has a veneer of absolute respectability, which in a way makes it more frightening. Have you stopped reading that too? Mm. Those two? You have? What do you read? I read The Independent and I read The Telegraph. You and I'm never in The Independent or The Telegraph, which is my kind of a paper. <laughs> right. But, I, yeah, so I do think, you know, it's been horrible. Well, it's been horrible, but it's avoidable. And I certainly, if you know, if, if I suddenly went downstairs in a big headline saying, you know, you'd shagged a dog, I suddenly wouldn't go, did you really shag a dog? That's another phrase, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, they'd say you'd bonked it. <laughs> there was a well, that bonk. Be, yeah, Isn't that the worst word? Yeah, I know. Like, oh, bonk. It just makes me crazy. Yeah, it's like the hammer on the head. That's like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to get some, back to something light. Is uh, Daniel Day-Lewis the person you'd most like to bonk in a no, fantasy figure? No, 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 <laughs> not at all. I can barely speak to Daniel Day-Lewis. You've met him? I know him. Right. And I can't speak to him at all. Are you silenced by his beauty? No, I'm not silenced by his beauty. I'm silenced by his disdain. <laughs> For who? Just, you know, he has that wonderful face and sometimes he just looks so disdainful. And always my teeth, my lip always gets stuck to my teeth when I'm talking to him. And it makes me so self-conscious. That's why I did that whole chapter. Because I have been that woman where I'm looking at him and I'm thinking about his little, sweet little wing-collared shirts. And I just think, oh, make. And then I start talking nonsense. And, that it, and the conversation that's in the book is a conversation I've had with Daniel where at one point I actually said to him, how could you kiss that man in my beautiful laundrette? Can you believe I said that? <laughs>
I'm like, I just thought, what am I saying? And I completely lost track of saying anything that made sense. That wasn't politically correct, was it? <coughs> and I'm not even like that. At one point, I think I spoke Swahili to him. I just thought, what the fuck am I saying? I was praying for Bob to get back, make it all better. But what is it about his uh, characteristics? What is it about I don't know. I I Maybe it's his ability, as I said, to chew and suck his cheeks in at the same time. That's a, that's a great one, isn't it? Highly effective. You'll have everybody practicing it over dinner. <laughs> I think that's it. I don't know. Maybe it is. I'm silenced by his beauty, but I've never realized it. But I don't think it's that. It's some. You wouldn't like it to be that, would you? No, no. It wouldn't do I if never was... get silenced by beauty. It wouldn't do if he was sitting on the bed, would it? Oh, I couldn't have him on the bed. I'd die. I'd be yeah. hyperventilating. I'd have to have a bag because I always hyperventilate really badly and I'd have to have a bag to blow into. I'm going to write to the television station and say that's, the ne that's no. who the next guest should be. I just couldn't stand the pressure I'm trying to speak sense to Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, I know a lot of people who respond the same way to him. I, yeah, I, but it's not for, um, it is not, it's not for reasons, I mean, I know he's the most beautiful man on earth, but I think he's very like Bob, don't you? They went to the Oscars no together. They went <laughs> to they? the Oscars together and they both had the same suit and their hair What are you going to go, the Byronic, uh, wiping the spit the Byronic Byronically twins. from his... The Byronic twins they were at the Oscars, and I remember thinking they were just the most sweetest thing I'd ever seen. Show me how you wipe spit Byronically from one's cheek. I don't know, only Bob can do it. <laughs> Right. But are you besotted or as a woman by that rather stereotypical image of male beauty? No, I like take that. Yeah? Boys. Boys. They're your current fantasy figures? No, not really, because I know them. That kind of blows it, doesn't it, when you know people. I don't really have fantasy figures. Do you not? Not really, no. No, I don't. But is that not part of the game and the breakfast show and interviewing some no. of the people you would have? No, I mean, not that's, at that's all. part of what. No, know? we've never had anyone on that, that was no? somebody that I would. You know. Want on your mantelpiece no. alongside Napoleon? Gosh, no. Not no. even Leslie Phillips? No. Really? No. Well, why have you drawn that line? I mean, hasn't Tom Jones been there and people like that, all those so called sex symbols? Yeah, who would they're have all the really same... nice and sweet. And but they, some of those would have the same effect like Jones would on certain women that Day Lewis has on you. No, but that would be because they fancied him. Right. I don't... That's not my problem with Daniel. It's something else. Yes, it's something hideous, probably, from my boarding school days. <laughs> yeah, explain. It just brings out the cunt in me. <laughs> I don't know. But it's not because I'm, you know... Dumbstruck by longing. He's going to fucking read this. He lives here half the time. I don't want to say <laughs> anymore. Poor Daniel. He's reading this and he's thinking, God, she even talked nonsense in her interview. Well, you're dumbstruck by longing. Can we say that now? No, because no, it isn't that. It might be if it was take that, but not not Daniel. Is that, do you, uh, did you watch um, Jermaine Gray's program on ages and youthism and all that last Wednesday? No, I don't watch see that stuff. Do you not watch any of that stuff? Okay, so you avoid that. Is that with jo Joanna Lumley? Yeah. I flicked over and I saw a second of it. You didn't stick with it? No, because it was on laid. Was that like was? 10? No, nine. But that was the first half hour. Shit. 9 to 9.30. It was very good. There's a lot of newspaper articles came out of it. But what about that idea, you know? I mean, there's an element in the book where some of your characters will fancy younger men. Do they? Uh, Fuck it, where? Well, maybe I didn't read the right. Where? Well, who was the guy? Dor Dorka? Oh, what, that ver yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So take that as coming true. See, you're surprised I did read it. Yeah, you did. Well, more than I have. By the it end seems of this, you'll to be. be like, it seems to be. I'll go out and do the interview. I'm obviously yeah. some kind of acid flashback. <laughs> I'll do the interviews in the future, okay. No, well, that element, you know, she was talking about that, the way uh, the, the sex symbol thing has turned around, you know, and older women can prefer younger boys or whatever. I mean, 
do you go along with the politics in that? What, the older women can fancy younger the, boys? Yeah, the way things have been turned around. Like, I actually talked to uh, Lulu about being with Take That oh, on that video. Oh, what did she say? the tape off and let's hear all the details. <laughs> Who was the best snogger? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good from the interview. But she was saying that that would have been a total turnabout. So when she was 14, that uh, she was to be the teenage sex symbol, but now she can be 44 and be fancying somebody who's 18 or 19 or 17. And it's yeah, all quite legit. Yeah, but she's a goddess. She's it's goddess. slightly different if you're a ruined drag. Like, who's a ruined drag? I don't know. But I think it would be. Because women, they're just, they, they still, you know, um, are so hung up once they're getting older on the fact that the men are getting older and getting more beautiful, but they are not. Are you? And I think that's very difficult. Are you? Because there's a part in the book where you say having babies, you're kind of uh, feminine mystique plummets. God, I even, I even remember quotes like that. Don't you? Is that a feeling you have? I think it's... Personally? Mm, I don't know. I'm trying to think whether it's real when I think that, or whether I just put it in because I had a good joke that I could follow it on with. Yeah. I have sincerity in, yes, in writing. Not do you believe, to no. be funny all Yeah, the time. I know. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. But do you feel that? I think it's difficult, as I get older, to realise that every day Bob gets more good-looking. You really feel that, do you? Yeah. And it's difficult to come to terms with slightly falling apart. But do you really it. believe that about yourself? Are you buying that yeah, kind of over 30, coming up to 40, whatever, I really start to become? Well, I've had three children. Of course there's bits of me that are falling apart. But need it necessarily follow that that then it becomes unattractive, that you then become physically, sexually unattractive? No, I think that what the case is that women expect themselves to be perfect, it's entirely internalised with women. I don't think, or I, I don't believe all this stuff about women dressing for men right. or okay. anything. I think women it, entirely for themselves. Everything, you know, everything, everything's in your head, isn't it? It's like one day you wake up, you're a goddess. The next day you look exactly the fucking same and you're the biggest ankle snapper that ever walked on God's earth. It's entirely internalised and it's entirely dependent on weird things in your head. So, no, I don't really believe that, but I think it's harder for women getting older because that just is. So how are you going to feel then in five years? I mean, do you feel this is going to, your faith and confidence is going to... If you well, think, I think if you it's think... pretty cool, actually, because I seem to be right. getting better as well, but I'm obviously in tune with the masculine in my character. Is that what it is? Okay, that's my reading of it, and I'm sticking with that, says she. I'm not very worried myself. Are you I not? Say, no, maybe I'm very arrogant. Oh, God. Does that sound yeah, really you see, arrogant? No, it doesn't, but it is a question, because particularly, uh, like I talked to, it was just coincidence recently, Naomi Campbell with Ari Adam and Ali Nibri Bono. And there is a big question of the male being the male rock star sex symbol and the woman feeling she has to compete somewhere along the way. No. Then you get to a certain age and you feel, I can't do this anymore, I'm going to really lose, lose him, lose my hold on this marriage. No, because I, I probably, well, in my case, I don't think Bob was ever with me for those reasons. He was with me because I was, because of my... I'm not going to say it, because when it's in black and white, I'm going to look like a cunt. Because of your what? Because I was um, you said humor, certainly verbally fast on my feet. Right. So certainly the speed of my thought processes has always been more protractive than you know whether I had 24 inch hips. Right. 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 So, so I don't feel unduly worried from that point of view. Hi, Joe Jackson here again, and thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And remember, if you want to read my Bob Geldof ebook, the Joe Jackson Interviews Plus. It's available from Amazon, Apple, iBooks, and so on. And the Polly Yates interview is on my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com.